0: Picture this, you are running a restaurant and out of nowhere, a rabbit virus shuts down cities and economies, restricting movement of people and forcing small businesses like your restaurant to switch off. Unless you are living under a rock, we are talking about times we live in today. Regardless. What are the possibilities you can think of to survive as a restaurant? I ran a small online survey to ask the same question and most answers were predictable. They hinged on how online delivery could be one possibility while some other answers pointed to coming up with food vans. Answers were interesting but they point to a deeper way of thinking about this question and they also help explain why small businesses remain small while some others grow. Try this question with your company executives. More often than not, a bank will talk like a bank and a telco will talk like a telco. That's because how we have been taught to define markets is usually by sectors. But there is a different way to define markets. And that's the subject of my podcast today. It's by jobs to be done. Enter Dr. Clayton Christensen. If you search on YouTube for Clayton Christensen, you will often end up with some of the most riveting talks about research and implications of disruptive innovation, a term that he basically made very popular. Most of these concepts and learnings are as old as dial-up internet is to 5G, but jobs to be done or JTBD as it is affectionately called and used, is a powerful yet deceptively simple idea which has the ability to create radical products and services. As we speak, many consulting firms, product companies, fintechs, and some others have adopted this way of thinking to come up with or reimagine services, find new markets and capture new customers. More so, there are now different schools of thought that have now emerged on the same topic. But what is job to be done? Let me explain using Clay's popular example. Let's say you want to get from point A to B and the year is 100 BC. What would you use? to get that job done. Well, perhaps you would use a chariot. If you were in the 1800s, however, you would use a horse cart. If you were in the 1960s, it would be planes or cars. The desire to move from point A to B, as you can see, remains stable over time. This is what a job to be done is. It describes a job that the user is trying to get done in a certain situation. The solution he or she hires to get that job done may change, but the job remains stable over time. Defining JTBDs helps surface underlying objectives of why a consumer hires a certain product or service. Thinking like this, Clay often says, has very important implications. First, as I described already, a job to be done remains stable over time for that situation. Second, the solutions to serve the job to be done change over time as described in my example above. A chariot manufacturer can be compared to old big firms of today, who struggle to look over the technology curve and foresee that it can be a car company. Third, most importantly, Clayton describes the mistakes often made by companies by operating on the solution side, that is either a car company or a chariot company or a plane company, and not on the job to be done side, which is getting people from point A to point B. It also understands why some ideas are growth oriented since they solve jobs to be done or JDBDs, while others are more incremental in nature. For example, a better bank. Coming back to our restaurants example, it's easy to see why restaurants struggle to operate in these times, as they think like a restaurant. A restaurant is a solution to a job to be done, not the job itself. As you can see, the universality of jobs and their stability over a period of time naturally means that the product or service you build. On top of the job to be done remains more universal and stable as well. To put jobs to be done in a perspective, you know Clay's seminal contribution was revealed in his famous milkshake problem that he helped solve for a fast food company. Turns out that people hired milkshakes in the morning to kill boredom on the long ride to office. It was not about hunger only. Jobs to be done are also functional, social and emotional. So let's now come back to a restaurant example and apply this thinking To the post pandemic situation of a restaurant so let's start with the question why do restaurants exist i want you to think about that for a moment is it to serve food is it to specialize in a certain kind of food turns out restaurants serve the following jobs to be done First, people want to have a good time. Second, people want to catch up after a long time. Third, people want to kill boredom at home. Another one could be, people are tired of eating home food. A fifth one, however, in our times today, could be to keep people safe. And we'll talk about the fifth one in more detail. So let's cover some of the first four. Now, do these jobs change during the pandemic times? Of course, the answer is no. People still want to have a good time. They want to catch up. They want to kill their boredom, what have you. So they remain stable. So definitely these are jobs. Defining your core market around this job can essentially change the way you operate as a restaurant. So what might a restaurant do to serve some of these jobs in pandemic times? Let's take one of them as an example. People are tired of eating home food. What can a restaurant do? Now a restaurant can create cooking champions or chef prodigies who are booked by households. These stewards of cooking can carry a recipe, some raw materials and recreate a menu item offered at the restaurant at home. A restaurant can also start an online MasterChef styled competition on Instagram, inviting households to create new recipes that they are learning while staying at home. This one can kill boredom. And this boredom can be serviced by a restaurant in the process, a restaurant can benefit by enriching its already bland menu that it has been offering for a few years by crowdsourcing some unique culinary ideas. Let's take the most contentious one. How can restaurants keep people safe? Now for this, We need to switch perspectives and think about the core jobs to be done that a restaurant is good at doing. Well, there could be two or three, for example, managing bookings or managing crowds of people, optimizing seating capacity, and an assembly line approach to cooking or a workflow that allows them to cook efficiently and handle volumes. Clearly, the restaurant might not be able to produce masks, but its experience of cooking hundreds of meals a day using their optimized approach is a synergy that can be used to make masks at speed and scale. Similarly, managing inflow and outflow of people can be used to organize testing in neighborhoods. So as you can see, discovering a job to be done can be very powerful. It helps surface fundamental needs of a consumer and possible solutions that the user would hire to get that job done. In the example of our restaurant, it can allow discovery of new business models, new products and services, and also find other markets that otherwise do not seem too obvious. To the core competence of a restaurant. In conclusion, reading almost all of Clay's books on innovation has been revealing. It's almost like Clay used his theories to drug readers, completely brainwashing them in the process. His mild mannered and humble ways disarmed the most arrogant readers. Unfortunately he passed away a few months ago, but his long list of decorated contributions still remain with us. I thank you for joining me on this episode and I will be back with a new one very soon.